Hello and welcome to this month's version of Pet Watch. It's our first show of 2021. A new year is here. 2020 is behind us and we thought it might be fun to reflect on all the great things that happened at the shelter and how we were affected by the um, COVID-19 crisis in our community and how the shelter coped with that this year and how all the animals coped with that. I'm Debbie Sims and I'll be your host today. We're coming at you through Zoom, a different way than in our usual studio. And my guest for today will be our director, Andrea Johnson. Good morning, Andrea. Good morning, Debbie. Well, 2021 is here. Uh, how do we feel about that? Finally. I think we were all pretty hopeful and uh, not too sad to see 2020 go. Although, you know, some good things happened in 2020. I don't want to throw it all out, but. That's true. Um, the COVID-19 epidemic was, of course, the biggest news of the year. Um, let's, everyone asked me this question, how did it affect the shelter? So, uh, you know, there's, there's a, a certain resilience that comes out in people when there's a crisis of any kind in the community. Uh, what can you tell us about the shelter and how the shelter reacted? Well, I will say that I was very impressed with our staff and our community because everyone sort of adjusted and adapted and showed flexibility and responded in all kinds of ways. Debbie, as you know, I mean, early in the pandemic, we closed our doors to the public. And when we did that, um, it became necessary to move the animals out of the building to the extent that we possibly could. Our community stepped up, you know, and fostered animals. They held on to strays. One of the big changes for us was we implemented something we called straycation, where um, in the state of Tennessee, if you find a stray animal, it has to be listed at least with your local animal control facility for five days, that's a state law, um, that owners have five days to redeem their lost pets before they can be placed for adoption or rehomed in any way. So um, that put us sort of in a bind when, when we're trying to close down the shelter and the public really was very responsive to our request that if they found a stray, they would register it with us and then hold on to it for those five days. Um, we provided, of course, you know, all the supplies that they needed, but uh, that allowed us to be able to, when the five days was up, the animal could be spayed or neutered and put directly up for adoption or moved into foster without having animals sort of build up uh, the census numbers here at the shelter. So. That was probably our biggest um, change operationally. Also, of course, we were doing virtual adoptions, adoptions by appointment, trying to meet people outside of the shelter without them coming in. So things looked quite different for a couple months there at the beginning of 2020. Yeah, yeah they did. Um, back to the straycation, um, many times by keeping the animal at, at the home that it's been found at, they find the owner within 24 hours in Williamson County. A, a lot of people use um, Nextdoor application uh, that they're members of, their community websites, their a, a number of lost pet sites. And most of the dogs around here get reunited. In fact, more, of course, more dogs do than cats. Um, right. 
but we do encourage people to get the microchips and um, that helps with the being reunited. I, I remember the day we, we had to close the shelter for a few, was it a few weeks we were actually closed to the public? Yeah, I think we were closed about six weeks. Yeah, uh, and doing adoptions uh, remotely, that was, that was interesting because behind the scenes, we were working at home, putting those pets on our website as adoptable and then uh, tell about the process of being able to adopt using the application on our website. Well, yeah, in the midst of all of this, um, we, we switched softwares. I mean, we were not afraid to take on really big things this year. So we implemented a new software, uh, which allowed us to be a lot more virtual. Um, and we now have gone to an online application. So you can just go to our website and apply to adopt. And uh, what we did was we sort of divided um, those applications by staff members. Staff was working from home, as you said. They had access to those applications via their email applications. And so they would pour over those applications. They had a system to categorize them. So if you were applying to adopt any kitten, for example, then they would put you in one basket. If you were applying to adopt Fluffy, the black cat that, you know, was in foster with uh, the Smiths, then they would, you know, put you directly in touch with the Smiths and you could find out more about Fluffy. I will say there were some positives um, to that whole process that we don't get the benefit of uh, when we are operating under normal circumstances. And that was that the Smiths could tell the adopters or the potential adopters exactly what life was like with Fluffy. And, um, you know, of course we asked all of our fosters to provide us with update, regular photo updates, and we would post them on our Facebook. And, um, you know, it, it, I think it helps adopters when they see photos of Fluffy stretched out on, you know, little Jimmy's bed at night when it's it's time for, you know, reading your bedtime story and there's Fluffy, you say, oh, you know, that's exactly what I want a cat to do. Um, mm -hmm. versus, you know, Fluffy might be the one that hides under the bed every time little Jimmy comes in the room. <laughs> and that's not a cat for me. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's nice to know. Uh, even though the COVID did hit and it did affect uh, the community, the ability to walk into the shelter, it, it really didn't seem to affect our adoptions. Our total intake uh, was only down 16% from the year before. So we took in 3,716 animals. And I don't think a lot of people realize in this county that that many animals passed through our door uh, mm -hmm. for various reasons. And that was uh, 1,063 dogs and 1,723 cats. Um, but we had 1,956 adoptions. So whatever we did with these new methods of adoptions uh, seems to work because that was only a 5% drop. Yeah. Uh, do you see this as the future of adoption too, as, as getting as much of the uh, pre-work done and uh, viewing of the animal and looking on social media before you come to a shelter? I hope so, Debbie. You know, there's a lot of talk in the sheltering community about now what they're calling social sheltering. Um, I think that probably we'll see a hybrid of, you know, fostering, holding strays and using the shelter going forward. I 
will say that I think part of our success in being able to be as empty as we have been has been our ability to be open to the public. Because um, as much as the public loves to have those stories of what Fluffy was like in the home, there's also something to be said for being able to come in and put your hands on Fluffy and see if, you know, if you respond to that animal directly. Right. So I think, right. you know, there's going to be a hybrid. We're going to see some of both just by necessity. And there's some good, some good aspects to both of those um, ways of operation. Yeah. And the downside is that the dogs, um, especially the dogs are just grabbed up so quickly that if you hesitate too long <laughs> online, trying to decide if you want to come over, uh, sometimes the dog you want can be gone. So I tell people, do the, do the application. It's online. We keep it 90 days. Then when you see a dog uh, on social media that you're real interested in, come on over because it's mm -hmm. kind of first come first serve. And, um, you know, we don't want you to be disappointed though. You know, sometimes the dog they pick out is not the one they end up with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know you know the story that someone in Michigan saw a dog online and drove down a couple weeks ago. Uh, when they got here, that dog really wasn't the dog for them. They didn't really connect with that dog, but they did end up finding a different dog. Um, but it's, you know, we have a lot of interesting stories like that. I mean, people really yeah. do you know you'd be surprised at what some of the stories uh that we have of people really dedicated they fall in love with something online and honestly i mean it's sort of the way we're used to doing business now i mean how many times do you actually have to go to the store for anything anymore right right but when it comes to a pet there's that one-on-one -on -one response and you're looking for something back from that pet to fulfill what you want and they're looking for something in as to the kind of owner they want. And sometimes the magic's not there on the first animal. And I always right. tell people if the, if the animal, uh, the cat or dog you wanted to, you wanted to adopt is not here today, come back tomorrow because it will be because inventory right. changes all the time. And I don't want to skip over the volunteer response during COVID. Um, obviously our volunteers have the same concerns about COVID exposure that we do. So we implemented those protocols with them and let them decide what their comfort level was. And we limited the number that could sign up to be here at any time of day. Uh, but yet they still gave 15,500 hours last year. I, I computed mm -hmm. that, that's seven and a half full-time employees socializing our animals. It's the equivalent of 7.5 employees. Are they amazing or what? <laughs> I mean, they deserve so much applause. You know, this I, I brag on the staff all the time, but we get paid to be here. And these are folks who um, are putting in lots and lots of hours for no pay other than the reward they get. So they're, we could, we really could not do what we do without our volunteers. I know. And so many of our programs continued. We still had 1,100 cats pass through the community cat spay neuter program to keep that going and kudos to uh, Sam Anderson, our staff member that coordinates that. Uh, we were able to reduce some stray intake by 7% for dogs. The little things happened, a little victories along the way, uh, even though our overall numbers might've been a little less because of COVID, uh, we still did 2,700 spay neuter surgery. So our clinic kept busy despite 
-hmm. pandemic. Um, right. And we, we still end the year at a annual live release rate of 96.5. So all these, these standards and protocols that you've been putting in place have had a tremendous result for us. Well, you know, I, I do think that we've learned a lot this year, Debbie, and we've all, you know, this wasn't something that any of us had ever done before in March when COVID hit Williamson County. Um, you know, none of us really knew what it was going to look like or how to respond, but, um, you know, the shelter is only as good as the team that serves the shelter and that includes staff, volunteers, and the community. I mean, the community's part uh -huh. too. In your job as community outreach, I mean, you know, and you see it all the time. I'm continuously just impressed and, and inspired by, I mean, everyone from, you know, brownie troops to corporate teams that want to get involved and want to have an impact on the animals. Um, so we just, we're, we're really, really fortunate to be in an area that values the work we do, supports the work we do, and it mm -hmm. really makes coming to work here and the work we do, to me, much more gratifying. You know, what was fun about it, uh, if you had to have a fun side of the COVID epidemic was, let's think outside the box, which was fun. Uh, you know, I remember the day we sat down, well, how in the world are we going to do adoptions? <laughs> Okay, well, four or five of us got together and said, here's how. It's kind of like doing a Zoom meeting. Life changed. We adapted. Um, now, looking forward to this year, um, 2021 is here, and our major project and our major excitement is the building of a new shelter out on Old Charlotte Pike at the Mac Hatcher Extension. Uh, so what's the latest update on that building? Well, very exciting, Debbie. We have poured the concrete for the flooring in the front half of the building. So the front half will be our cats, our offices, our clinic, our lobby, all the adoption areas. So that concrete was poured earlier this week. Um, they will pour the concrete for the dog building. We have a separate building for the dogs to cut down on the noise, which if you had been in the shelter this week, you would understand the need for that. We have a dog in the back that's just been barking at uh -huh. it strange noise. So um, that's going to be nice that they have their own building um, and that that concrete will be poured next week. And once that's done, you'll start to see walls come up out of the ground. So that's going to be a very exciting week for us. It is. And, and you can see it from the Mac Hatcher extension almost at Highway 96 that so you can't go down the road yet. Uh, we're excited about the building and we have an updated picture on our Facebook page if anybody's interested in an aerial shot. Uh, it's very exciting and we're looking forward to moving in there and enhancing our programs, adding educational programs in our new education room, having an indoor place for dogs to exercise. Uh, those are just some of the highlights uh, that the new building will have. Andrea, I wanna thank you uh, for letting us uh, catch up with you and the new building and what 2021 taught us about teamwork and resilience. Uh, with your leadership, and I appreciate you being my guest. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Debbie. You're welcome. And you know what stands out to me after all of this talk is the teamwork that none of 2020 could have happened without the wonderful teamwork. And if you gave a can of cat food, you ordered something off our wish list, your uh, children raised money in their neighborhood, you made a blanket, 
uh, you volunteered to come over here and put things in order in a file drawer for us. Uh, you had a birthday party. Your kid had a birthday party. And instead of presents for themselves, they took presents for the pets. Everything counts. If you wrote a check, if you couldn't be here, but you wanted to help in some way, we found a way for you to do that. And that's what made 2020 so much fun. And our donations uh, were actually up uh, because people knew that we needed help, that our pets needed help. And we were putting a lot of pets out there in the community, which spread the word. So things changed a little bit in 2020 and they're gonna be even greater in 2021. Um, we wanted you to know as our viewers, how appreciated you are for supporting our shelter. And now I'd like to offer you a little video of our director, Andrea Johnson, with some wonderful photos from 2020. Thank you. What a year 2020 was. In a year that most of us would probably like to forget, there are many things that are worth remembering. Though we face many challenges here at the Williamson County Animal Center, the things that I will remember most from this year is the response of our community, our team of staff, and our volunteers. Crisis sort of has a way of bringing out the best and the worst in people, but what I witnessed in our circle of support was nothing short of the best that everyone had to offer. In March, a tornado hit our neighbors in Nashville and the community responded in an overwhelming way. We stuffed our 12-passenger van not once but twice with relief items for the pet owners affected by the storms. Not too long after the tornado hit, our first Tennessee resident tested positive for COVID right here in Williamson County and things started to move at a whirlwind pace for us. While the rest of the world was shutting down, we were busier than ever trying to keep pets in homes and finding fosters. Once again, our community stepped up. We cleared the shelter through community foster, citizens held strays through stray holds, and kept them out of the shelter in other ways. We came together in ways we had never worked together before. It was a glimpse, honestly, of what life could be like for animals in our community in a more perfect world. Our foster coordinator worked round the clock to make sure animals stayed out of the shelter and our adoption counselors facilitated adoptions through video calls. They made appointments for off-site adoptions and used other creative means to move pets directly from foster homes into forever homes. The team was so good at what they were doing that we almost had an eerily quiet atmosphere here at the shelter on most days. When we were told that non-essential surgeries had to be halted, we were really worried about our spay-neuter surgeries and how we were going to make up for the time that we lost. But we were able to complete over 1,000 spay-neuter surgeries for our community cats this year, despite the restrictions that were placed on us for over two months. Our vet team sprang into action and our friends funded extra personnel to make up for the lost surgery days. After months of being closed to the public, these self-proclaimed animal people realized we were missing our people people. We hosted a reverse parade here at the shelter and got to wave hello to all of our friends and supporters. We handed out t-shirts that were left over from our gala and we said hello to people we had not seen in forever. 
Our volunteers continue to be a pillar of our success here at the shelter. Volunteers work together to limit their exposure to one another and to limit their time inside the building. They developed alternative schedules and got really creative with how they took the dogs outside for exercise. Once we reopened to the public, volunteers became an extension of our staff. They followed all of the county guidelines for employees with masking, social distancing, and split shifts. We've been so proud of the work that they've accomplished this year, and we truly could not have met these goals without them. Amidst the hustle and bustle of animal sheltering and daily work, we also managed to find time to break ground on a new facility. Our new building is going to be located off of Old Charlotte Pike, just in the shadow of the new Mac Hatcher Parkway extension. We're so excited to be moving into this new state-of-the-art facility late next year. 2021 is the expected occupancy date. Thanks to the County Commission and our friends of Williams County Animal Center, they have provided funding for a new building that will be so much more than a place for homeless animals. One unexpected result of 2020 was how many adoptions we saw this year. With people staying home more and travel being canceled, so many families decided to add a pet to their home. And we experienced the same phenomenon that most shelters across the country saw, which was an increased number of adoptions. In closing, I will just say again that our community has made all the difference for the animals in 2020. We are overwhelmed by the support and the show of kindness that you have given to the animals and to us as staff here at the shelter. Thank you and we look forward to everything that 2021 has to offer. What do you think about coronavirus? 